0: Hello, my name is Rachel Helm, and I'm starting this podcast called Afternoon Bloom, and I'm super happy that you hopped on board and started listening. Um, I'm very excited to be doing this. Uh, I never thought the day would come, but if you know me personally, personally, you know that I love to talk, and this is the natural next progression of my life, so I'm very excited to be doing this. Um... Also, if you know me, you know that coffee amps me up more than anything else and um, not just for the caffeine, like this shit is my jam and if you were to get stuck in a conversation with me about coffee, you know that it just goes on and on and on um, way longer than you probably liked. So that's kind of my goal for this podcast is to put all of that into one space and um, uh, my, my main goal for this podcast is to... Create a space where hopefully you can take something away every episode and learn something new about coffee. Um, I've been a coffee roaster for two years now, and um, I'm an occasional barista as well. So I, I kind of play a few different, uh, play a few different. I'm trying to say wear different hats, but it's just going in the wrong direction. Um, So yeah, I've been working in coffee for a while, and I kind of see how. people don't even know what a coffee roaster is, like they just assume I'm a barista. So there's this huge lack of knowledge from um, the consumer's point of view and the specialty coffee world's kind of point of view. And um, I just kind of want to mesh those two and really create a space where this is an introduction to coffee. I think, unfortunately, a lot of coffee podcasts out there are just um really specific to people who are already in the industry and like deep in the industry so um they kind of brand themselves as these intro to coffee and I'm listening and I've been in coffee for a long time and um you know I just think they're talking about things that kind of get really confusing and it's all about this new advanced technology and there's great conversations to be had but um I just think there is a huge gap of information. Like we'll have people come into the roastery and I'll tell them this sliver of information, like something just slips off my tongue and they're floored. And that's when I realized, oh my God, we really need a conversation about this because there's just, you know, like marketing has kind of taken the wheels and, um, big corporations have really twisted the way you see things. And, um, there's a lot of fad words going around and, um, yeah, I, I, uh, I've had a very unique introduction to coffee. I think uh, obviously I know enough about coffee to start this podcast, but um, obviously I'm not I like I'm passionate about the topic, but I'm not precious about the topic. So, um, you know, it's not going to be a perfect run through of every single thing you need to know, but I'm hoping we can keep these concise enough that. Uh, You can take something away or even if it's just how you hear me talking about it changes the way you think about it, um, that's super great and that's kind of my goal for this. I found coffee super randomly, Uh, a little bit about me. Uh, So I'm 22, I graduated high school and I didn't really know what I wanted to do with my life, that that nagging feeling we all relate to. Uh, so after high school, I spent a year as an au pair and I lived in Amsterdam for a year and you know, who let an 18-year-old out on the loose in Amsterdam is beyond me, but my parents were super cool, and uh, I spent this crazy wild year there, and then I came home and had like a 180 flip where I got a job at a law firm in a super small town that I was raised, Elmer, Ontario, which was just like the opposite of everything I'd been doing and uh, I realized very quickly that the office setting was not something that I related to. It was not something I wanted to work towards and um And uh, my twin sister and I were kind of sitting, um, sitting in our bed late at night, just like thinking, what are we going to do, sis? (laughs) Where's this life going to take us? And uh, we were scrolling through Twitter and Las Chicas del Café put out a tweet of all things that they were hiring. And we both knew of Las Chicas, but we didn't really know. Again, it was one of those things where like, yeah, coffee roastery, it's like a cafe maybe? Like, why have we never seen it around London? Like, we were just kind of confused, but I like the idea of girls. And coffee so um yeah I, I um put in a resume I remember my dad drove me to the interview because I didn't even have a car yet and we pull up and it's in this old historic train station super beautiful uh and I remember walking in and throwing my hands in the air and being like, it smells so good in here. And and I knew from that moment that they would have to do a lot to, you know, pry me out of there. And that's when I met my mentor, Maria, and she taught me so much about coffee. Her and her sister own the roastery and their great grandfathers were coffee farmers. And so you know, they're fourth generation growers. They've, um, they started out importing coffee and then eventually they realized, you know, people weren't just, people weren't treating the coffee the way it deserved to be treated. So, uh, they decided to open the roastery and, um, yeah, it's been open for 13 years going strong. And, um, yeah, it was just a very genuine, uh, genuine feeling when you walk in and, um, we just vibed so well right away. I don't think it would matter what we were doing together. We just get along so well. So, um, it was kind of this interesting introduction to, like, what the heck am I going to be doing here? And it was actually funny. I felt like this was a good omen going into it because the girl I was replacing had left um, to go back to Holland because she had been in au pair in Holland six years before me. So it's kind of this weird, like, what? I just got back from there and you're going there again to visit? and um yeah, there were all these little things like me and my sisters, my family. Um, I'm from a big family. I have two sisters and a brother and, um, my mom's a baker. So coffee was always one of those things in the background. You know, we'd have this amazing meal, these big desserts, and there was always coffee kind of floating around. And, Um, both my sisters were baristas out of college. So there was always kind of this, um, idea that we knew we wanted to open a cafe. Our house was kind of like an open door. There were always people flooding. We were always sharing meals. Um, so we wanted to create that space one day. That was kind of our goal. We just, you know, didn't know how to get there. Unfortunately, we made our sister take business. We were like, you got to figure that out. Well, we'll just work in the industry, get things going. And Shelby hated it and like hated our guts for making her do that. And, you know, she's doing her own thing now. Um, She's still a barista at an amazing cafe. So they've both been working at really cool places. So um, it's kind of funny. We look back now and we're like three years ago, we had no idea that all three of us would be so deep in the the coffee world. Um, So yeah, that's kind of how I got started in this wild, wild journey of mine. Now, I mentioned earlier that I'm a coffee roaster. I don't know if I said it or not. I'm a specialty coffee roaster, uh, and I'm also a sensory roaster, which are two big mouthfuls, so I just want to explain what those are first. Uh, So, to qualify as specialty coffee, it just means that that coffee is um, graded 80 or above by the Specialty Coffee Association, which, um in terms of like commercial coffee that's like really high quality coffee and um it's very hard to come by coffee like that so when I first started I would brag to people like no I'm roasting the best coffee you'll find around here and everyone was like yeah 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 you're saying that because you roasted it that's not kind of biased but it, it truly is um some of the best if not the best coffee coming out of Nicaragua and um uh, our growers work really hard like they've they've known Marie and Val their whole life so they know that they're they're going to put in the effort they're going to get paid fairly that's a huge issue with coffee growers um, so it's just kind of this this whole teamwork and and everything I do I could be doing an incredible job roasting but if the the care and effort wasn't put in at the farm level then you know we're roasting with crap like it doesn't matter what you do to that roast it's the quality's not there to begin with so, um, that's what it means when I'm a specialty coffee roaster. So, not to brag, I'm working with the best. And uh, sensory coffee roaster just means that um, we don't use any technology or computer systems uh, on the roasters, which you'll find I don't want to say everywhere, but pretty much every other roastery uses this uh, technology called Cropster, and it's really cool. Like I give them credit for it, but it's just um, not the way we run things. But essentially when you're roasting coffee, um, you're taking green beans and basically, like, baking them, roasting them, um, to create the coffee that you know and love, and, uh, Cropster is kind of like, like, every roaster has their recipes set out for their coffee, and Cropster is kind of this thing where you plug in, you know, the time you want it to come out, the temperature, and it just, like, graphs the whole thing, and you kind of just watch the roaster do what the Cropster tells it to do, whereas, um, I am smelling the coffee every thirty seconds. I'm evaluating the color and the aroma, and um, it's been really cool to see. We've we've tracked our um, our logs to to graph it out the way they would on a cropster, and you know you can get exactly the same graphs, and they can taste differently. So that's kind of where we come in. Uh, we play things a bit differently, so it's kind of this intuitive and um, really intimate approach with coffee. So uh, I really know those beans inside and out, and uh, it's been kind of a fun sensory thing. Anybody who works in coffee often has a big interest in other like um, culinary beverages and food, and just because your palate gets so sharp and you're just smelling things and recognizing tiny, tiny nuances throughout your day, so. That's kind of where my approach has been different. I feel like I've had um, this whole foundation built before I even showed up. And um, yeah, they just, they taught me things in a really simple way. And um, yeah, I think that's why I I just get so surprised when people are so confused by coffee. And um, yeah, so I just want to try to explain things to you the way they were explained to me. And then we'll all come out of this together with something new. So episode one, we're gonna talk about what is coffee. Um, Every episode, I kind of want to build up a little bit more information to give you, um, just so that we can kind of build up almost like a word bank. So um, we're gonna slowly introduce everything, and you might know some of this stuff, you might not, but um, just so that if we refer back to it, you're you're not lost, because I think that's that's what happens a lot. You're like, wait, I'm missing a piece of the puzzle. I don't know what you're talking about there. So hopefully this will all kind of graduate and make sense. You in order, so we're gonna start right at what is coffee. So, coffee is a fruit, um, it's it grows on trees. Uh, it's um, they kind of look like little um berries on a tree, and I think a lot of people forget that they're they're fruit and they need to be treated as fruit. Um, and they kind of have all these nuances the way fruits do, like, there's all these different varietals, um, kind of like apples, but um. At the very top of it all, the mom and dad of coffees, really, there's Arabica and Robusta. And that's kind of probably what you see on all of the advertising. Um, The difference between the two is that Robusta is all your commercial coffee and it's grown like corn. And um, so you might see how, like, the elevation is kind of important with coffee. And um, that just has to do with all the soils and everything enriching that bean. Um, and is kind of just grown on flatland, um, huge, huge, huge fields of it. And, um, you know, coffee trees grow at different rates. And that's the beautiful part that I learned right at the beginning of my journey into coffee, um, with Arabica beans, they're grown on the side of the mountain in jungles. Like there's, um, I had the opportunity to go to Nicaragua last year and I could see the, the farms that we work with and there's no path. There's no, like, you couldn't even bring a tractor up there if you tried. Everything's done by hand. So you have all these women and they can't leave their kids. You know, these are impoverished countries. So they have to usually bring their children with them hiking up this into the jungle. And then you just see, oh, there's a a coffee tree. There's a bunch of coffee trees right there. They kind of just pop out in all these little, like, random little sections in the jungle and um, that's what's great about coffee it's super sustainable that way where it can grow on any side of the mountain and just you know work with that land and um, these women go up and they'll check um, the branches of the trees are really um, flexible so you can kind of move them around and it's almost kind of bushy the way they look but you can move them around and there's berries growing um like pods all the way down the branches and the women can look and see okay this one looks good and this one you know maybe needs another week and they're very patient with the whole process and um whereas with commercial coffee with robusta they'll take a tractor through the the field and just shake the trees and take you know whatever they can get so you're getting ripe not ripe it's just beans you know they don't they're they they are not too picky about how ripe they all are. So, um that coffee, the robusta coffee has twice the caffeine, which is kind of the um the plus side for um big companies, but um it's so full of caffeine and caffeine is so bitter. So, that's what gives you that awful taste, <laughs> let alone the fact that it's not ripe, and then you're mixing all these different varietals together just to get a bigger harvest and Um, because you're working with so many different varietals, uh, you have to kind of burn that coffee, and so that's kind of what results in those, you know, Maxwell tin, not to throw them under the bus, but, you know, they're, they're crappy because it's literally crappy coffee, and they're just hiding all the crappiness about it, (laughs) I couldn't speak worse about anything you buy in a tin, to be honest, Um, but, yeah, that that's what makes that coffee different, and that's why you're paying more for better coffee because it is better. And people have worked really hard, and uh, um, it's it's a very um personal um. Every farmer has their own personal opinions about picking, and um, you know, from us working with specialty coffee roast or growers, um, they've had generations. Uh, of of growers really perfecting how they're gonna process and pick and deal with that coffee, um, and it's really an art. It, it takes a long time, and uh, you can see farms with everything set up right, and they still just aren't um, coming out successfully. And it's just because um, it's those little bits of detail that really go a long way in the end. And you see it when you're roasting. You see it when you're drinking that cup. So um, yeah, that's the difference between Arabica and Robusta. Um, Now, some of you might come back at me and say, no, my tin of coffee said 100% Arabica. And that's because, uh, big corporations like to add like 2% Arabica in their tins, 98% Robusta, and then they'll, they'll be using 100% Arabica in that 2%, but it's only 2%. Do you see what I'm saying? Like they're, they're just twisting the way, um, you're perceiving that tin of coffee. So, um, That's where the difference in those come in. Um, So, like I said, yeah, coffee's grown on trees. They're about six to nine feet tall. Like, they don't get very tall. They're kind of short enough for you to be able to reach them. Um, So, yeah, coffee goes through all these different periods throughout the year, and depending on which country um, you're picking coffee in, they kind of have different um, harvest times. So, everything I deal with is from Nicaragua. It's from the same region in Nicaragua, so um, it's like I have all this condensed information about one spot in the world, but, you know, Costa Rican coffee acts a bit different, and it tastes a bit different, and coffee all over the world has its own different um, intrinsic qualities. Um, So, it's not to say that Um, The bourbon you're finding in Nicaragua is going to be the same as the bourbon you find in Costa Rica, but that's because, again, the elevations are different and the soil is different and was it close to a volcano, was it not? All those little things um, affect the coffee in the end. So um, even weather, like global warming, I'm not going to get too crazy about this, but um, the amount of rain that we're having, um, if the trees get rain too early into the year and they start to bloom flowers, because it starts with these little white flowers that just cover the trees, it's so beautiful, and then the berries grow from there. So if they get rain too early and they start blooming, then that can really affect um, the end production of the cherries if, you know, they bloomed and then it obviously wasn't ready, the, the weather wasn't agreeing with it, and then they weren't able to produce beans from that, that can really affect a small grower. And, um, you know, we buy from farms that are so small, Uh, We might get six bags from a grower, one bag from a different grower, and and it's all these communities really working together, and they might all be processed in the same place, but, you know, this grower really picked and did all of this with just one bag, and that's all they could do, so that's kind of the unique thing with me as well is we have all these single varietals of things and, um, we're really lucky to see that. I know a lot of roasters don't get the opportunity to work and identify and really get to know a specific bean the way, um, I've been lucky enough to. So, um, yeah, that's been really cool. And it's, it's cool to see, um, to see actually how small they are. And we went to some huge coffee farms to see, you know, it's, it's just crazy, it's, it's, um, the whole world knows about coffee, but I just feel like so much information gets lost, and, um, yeah, it's just one of those things, everybody knows about coffee, but, um, the amount of people who come into the roastery and see the coffee trees and they're like, wait, what? It's a fruit? I didn't even know that. It's like, it's base level, the information about coffee. Uh, and and it ages like fruit. And um, some of the beans, if they're kept in those cherries, they're inherently so sweet and it tastes like, like literally like you're baking an apple pie inside the roaster. Just like the, the ripeness of that fruit that um, was kept inside those cherries is just really really cool so um I hope this made sense I hope I didn't go in too many circles (laughs) it's a rough habit of mine uh yeah I hope you learned something new about this uh the next episode we're gonna go into um I don't even remember we're gonna move on we're gonna probably talk about what a roastery is what a cupping is kind of get into the depths of um the fun things that I get to do at work so thank you for listening to the first episode. Uh, this episode was produced and edited by my friend Jacob Anstey. And he also did the original intro and outro music. Uh, you can find us on Instagram. You can find uh, me on Instagram at Helm Rach. You can find Afternoon Bloom on Instagram at Afternoon Bloom. And you can find Jacob at Jacob underscore. No, no, that's wrong. <laughs> it's Gene underscore Daddy. Uh, so yeah, we'll see you next time. Thank you.